Koppel, host of the Time for Coffee podcast, where you get firsthand career advice into the jobs and industries that interest you the most. And before we start today's show, I have a quick favor to ask you. If you haven't already, I'd be incredibly grateful if you give us a rating and a review on iTunes. And if you're like me, you need to do it now because you'll forget later and because it's the best way to help others who may be in search of career advice to find this free resource. So press pause if you haven't done it and do it right now. I'll wait. Thanks so much and enjoy today's show. Hey there, Java Junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or ten minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini-episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple-shot K-Cup with my guest, Dr. Mahmoud Ghanoun. So I just want to clarify for our listeners, because Dr. Ganum was talking about the fungus and the microbes. When we say fungus, that's the microbiome. And when we say microorganisms, that's the microbiome. So they coexist in our gut. And this is really, I think, where things get super interesting, because research has proven now that there is a connection between our gut and our brain. It's not just the whole body, but the gut and the brain. So can you unpack that a little bit, Dr. Kunum, and how that may be showing up in our young listeners in their lives? Sure, sure. So this is a very important concept, like as you said, was discovered in the last 10 years, I would say, which says before we used to think our brain tells our body everything what to do. Now we realize that our brain can tell our body, but the little microbes that live in our gut can tell our brain. So it is a two-directional communication. Our brain tells our gut, and when the microbes that live in our gut tells our brain. So there is bi-directional communication. And this communication is very important because especially like with young people these days are stressed out with COVID, with all, with their studies, with all what's going on in life. Guess what? They are stressed out. And when you are stressed out, there is communication between the brain and your gut. That's why when you are stressed out, you feel like, oh, my tummy doesn't feel well and this sort of thing. So that's how they work together. However, when our gut is good, is imbalanced, and what I mean by imbalance is we have more beneficial microbes than the pathogenic ones, then they send messages to our brain, which makes you happy. With serotonin, that it's secreted, and guess what? 90% of serotonin, which makes us happy, is secreted in the, in the gut. So that's where we need to start thinking it's a two-way system. And this two-way system could play in our favor or against us. Yes. 
And it's the against us that I think is showing up so much among college and university students where their anxiety, as you already alluded to, is off the charts and their depression and even suicidal feelings are extraordinary. How much of that do you think is because of what's known as dysbiosis? And that is the fact that those microbes, the microorganism and the fungus are not balanced in your gut. I think really this is very, very important point because we have science have established that there is a connection between the imbalance and what you rightly call dysbiosis in the microbiome and stress. In fact, studies have shown that for over 40 years that stress can change the gut microbiome. And what I mean by change, it favors the pathogenic bacteria, okay, the, the bad guys. Also, stress or stressor, you know, like as you say, what's, what's going on now socially and with the COVID can also change the number of pathogens, which means it goes up. All these pathogens increase in our gut, okay? Now, why is this important? It's because they also could affect our inflammatory process. Like they encourage the secretion of what we call pro-inflammatory cytokines. One example of them, it's called interleukin-6, okay? Also, what's interesting is that it shows that the stress can also affect our intestinal barrier, the lining that cover our gut. And by affecting that, remember, if we affect it, we may start to have some leaky issues where bad toxins, bad germs can go through, okay? And what causes a leaky gut syndrome. Now, what does it do exactly, stress? Stress really reduces the diversity of the organism. Let me explain this. A diversity, the more diverse the number of organisms there, the better for us. So if we reduce that diversity, then we have more of the bad ones taking control. Finally, in response to stress, our uh, hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, what it does, it produces cortisol, which as you know, cortisol is nature's way of alarming. It's what we call fight or flight response. So that's why all of these, when you put them together, not only affect our gut, but also affect our neuro, neurological issues, including stress and depression. Mm. So you said a lot there. And one thing we haven't talked about, you mentioned stress, but there's also other factors that influence the health of our garden, our internal garden. And that is sleep. Yes. The food or junk that we put in our bodies, the alcohol that we may drink. Could you talk about that? How is the American diet of Doritos and Oreos and what do they call those drinks? Energy drinks. <laughs> yes. These, I'm using air quotes. And the fact that you have so many young people and adults who are living on next to no sleep. What is that doing? Oh, this is definitely affecting our 
microbiome balance, causing dysbiosis. But really what's more important as a consequence of dysbiosis, as you said, we start to have different health issues, not only in our gut, but all over the place, beyond our gut. So now let's unpack it up, as you say. One of the important, like how can we avoid this dysbiosis and help ourselves? There are different things. Number one, one factor is diet. Diet plays a very important role. So I will talk about this, and then I will talk about lifestyle as well. But let's start with diet. The relationship between stress, for example, and diet is well established. Okay? So what happens with depression, for example, have been shown to be associated with intake of sugars or refined carbs. The same, the same extent we can tell you is that having sugar, guess what? It increased the abundance or the level of candida, which allowed it to overgrow and cause issues. So conversely, if you eat well, really it has been associated with decreased risk of depression and stress. And a good example is the Mediterranean diet. I come from Lebanon and it is the great diet, the Mediterranean diet. However, there are certain aspects which we need to watch, which you mentioned like alcohol, for example, too much pasta. But in general, the Mediterranean diet have been shown to help people. And what it does, if you eat, however, the what we call Western diet, too much hamburgers, processed food, all junk food we eat, we are encouraging the secretion of pro-inflammatory cytokines. So there is very good relation between what you eat and inflammation. And that's why it's very important for us to really select the right type of food. And how is that showing up? Can you give us some symptoms that people could present with beyond depression and anxiety, some other physical manifestations that your body is sending signals to you, your garden is trying to signal to your brain what is going on? I mean, if you think about it, it's the gut when we are not feeling well. We have bloating, you have gas, you have constipation, sometimes pain, You're not necessarily acute pain, but sometimes you don't feel very well. All these are symptoms to tell you there is something not going on well here. Let's try to address it. What about a lack of energy? Oh, no doubt about it. Lack of energy is also one of them cravings for stuff. Like that's why a lot of people crave for sweets. So this is also very, very important. Some, uh, Of course, sometimes you have lack of sleep. You are not de- uh, sleeping very well. And remember, we said there is connection between the microbiome and of course, affected by diet, which by, by becoming in dysbiosis or out of balance, it's going to affect you as well. So it is a complex network of symptoms which can tell you there is something not good. That's why I always say, you know what? You need to listen to your body, okay? And try to address these things. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to this latest episode of T for C. 
And if you're interested in learning more about my coaching services for confused college students and recent grads, feel free to check out the Time for Coffee website under the Coaching tab at time, the number four, coffee.org, or text me at 202-236-5712. That's 202-236-5712. Thank you.